The Colorado Business Roundtable unapologetically tells the story that business is a force for good in our community, featuring conversations with thought leaders from academia, business, community, and government. Welcome to A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. Thanks everyone for joining us today on this episode of A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. And I'm Debbie Brown, president of Colorado Business Roundtable. On our podcast, we bring together thought leaders who talk about important topics for the business community, including workforce, which happens to be still the number one issue that time and time again comes up with some of the larger employers that we represent. Through the Colorado Business Roundtable, we represent a lot of large employers here in Colorado, including academia, business, nonprofits, and government. So we're excited to bring together a a partner that we've had uh, for many, many years, the Colorado Workforce Development Council, to really delve into what's next in terms of talent for Colorado and how we can get a firsthand view of the latest report coming out, the Talent Pipeline Report. So joining me today, I'm so excited. Lee is a regular on our podcast, Lee Wheeler-Berliner. Welcome to the podcast, Lee. Thanks so much, Debbie. It's great to be with you again. I'm excited for this conversation today. You bet. And for folks who don't know Lee, he's the managing director of the Colorado Workforce Development Council and has been um, really instrumental in everything workforce here in our state and helping employers plug in with employees and really understanding what's coming next in terms of the future of work. Someone new to the conversation that I'm really excited, got a chance to just get to know Caitlin to the conversation, and she's actually Dr. Caitlin McKinney. She is the Talent Pipeline Economist for the Colorado Workforce Development Council and also for the Colorado Department of Higher Ed. So welcome, Caitlin, to the conversation. Thanks so much for having me today, Debbie. You bet. Before we jump in, I'd love to just know a little bit about um, you, Caitlin. Give us a sense of your background, how you a little bit about how you made it to Colorado, how you have uh, jumped into these pivotal roles for our state and really um, understanding talent and what we need to know about that. I, I've been in Colorado for about 10 years. Um, I recently got my PhD um, from the University of Stirling in Scotland. For that, um, I was studying economics at the Colorado School of Mines um, and um, University of Colorado Denver. Um, so I got two different master's programs in economics there. Uh, I lived in Colorado. I never want to leave. I actually started working for the state when I was at Colorado School of Mines um, as an intern at the Department of Natural Resources. Um, I loved it there. I've loved every part, every place I've worked at the state. Um, I moved from the department when my internship was finished to the governor's office where I was an economist there and helped with the quarterly forecast and then really wanted to be part of the Colorado Workforce Development Council. And uh, I've always loved higher ed. So um, I was really excited when this position became open, and I've been here for about three years. So this will be my third talent pipeline report that I have been able to be able to work with Lee and um, be a part of with the team. Well, it sounds like you're the perfect person for your role. And it's funny, I will, I could sometimes get distracted because I'd want to talk about your football team. I don't know if you get people like all the time saying, oh my gosh, what's happening with Colorado School of Mines? Those smart guys can play football. Are people just know. like losing their minds? Not to get us too distracted, but oh my gosh, congrats to so exciting. <laughs> okay, that's another podcast, but well, but I think that's that's really exciting. Lee, just for folks who maybe are tuning in for the first time, give give people a little bit more about your background, how, what you manage, a little bit about your office, and and you know, I was going to say the importance of your work. I I think it's incredibly important, but tell us more about you. 
Yeah, I'm happy to do so, Debbie. So I have been with Colorado Workforce Development Council since 2014 and been the managing director since 2019. And the office is really set up to sit at that intersection of economic development, workforce development, K-12 education, post-secondary education. The thing that I love about this work is that it brings together my passions and strengths. I started my career in the nonprofit sector. I was an AmeriCorps member, got to run after school programs in Southeast Dallas. And at that point in my life, I made a commitment to spending my career working to impact issues of generational poverty and thinking about how through the nonprofit sector originally, I could help to break those cycles and I've transitioned into government. And the domain of workforce development has huge and critical potential if we're thinking about that issue of generational poverty, creating opportunities for someone to get education, to understand what path they can pursue to move into a middle-class career and middle-class opportunities is huge. And so the ability that we have to affect policies in Colorado, to ensure that the conditions are right within our state for great programming so that every Coloradan has the opportunity that they want to pursue is what keeps me excited about this work each and every day. I share that excitement with you. My own family has seen, you know, through the power of opportunity through the power of education. It's its literally changed the lives of both my parents, which then in turn created a, a different shift for me in terms of what my opportunities were. So I share that passion with you. What's exciting about this, we're going to release this podcast just in time so people can get enrolled, get registered, get their RSVP in because it's coming. The brand new talent pipeline report is about to be released. So Lee, tell us what that is. I know what it is, but uh, again, what's big picture? What is the talent pipeline report? At the highest level, Debbie, the report is an analysis of where Colorado stands in terms of talent development, really thinking about what needs do employers have for jobs? What skill sets do they need uh, in their employees and in their workforce? And then what does the current labor force in Colorado look like, and as well as the future labor force? And ultimately, the Talent Pipeline Report was originally created through state legislation. Back in 2014, there was a bill that called together a talent pipeline working group to bring together entities from different state agencies who all looked at data to ultimately analyze it together to understand what does this actually mean for us in terms of the directionality of high school students? What are our graduation rates? Are we turning out young individuals who are ready to move into careers? And what are they doing? as we move into the workforce in Colorado, but then also what are the strategies that are working for adults to ensure that number one, we're listening to business, we're attuned to the needs of the economy, and then developing the right types of training programs to be responsive so that ultimately we can create an equilibrium between the supply and demand for talent in our state. Um, hey, Caitlin, over to you. Could you shed some light on some of the methodology employed in compiling the report? How, where do you get the data from? And, and also in light with that, what stakeholders are involved? I'm assuming the private sector has to weigh in as well in terms of what their potential hiring plans are. So give us sort of that economist view on, on how this report is put together. Great questions too. Um, you know, each year we work together with our state agency partners um, to collaborate and basically collect all the data that we need. And these are, you know, largely groups of economists and analysts who manage large data sets at places like the State Demographer's Office, the Department of Higher Ed, and the Office of Labor Market Information, which is actually housed with us at the Department of Labor and Employment. Um, and this team specifically works together with the Bureau of Labor Statistics to update federal labor market data. And I'd say because we heavily rely on government data as our primary source to really describe Colorado's workforce and population, this allows us to be highly confident in the accuracy of the information that we're presenting each year. We also do work together um, with private sector partners across 14 different regions of the state. So basically, after the report is published, usually each December of each year, 
Uh, we typically travel um, to all of these regions one by one and present to workforce boards on Colorado's talent pipeline. And we also typically provide more regional specific data to make it, you know, as relevant as possible for everyone that's attending. Um, and in turn, we really rely on their communication with us to, you know, let us know what they're seeing and experiencing in their part of the state so that we kind of keep a pulse on each area's economic outlook in relation to the labor market. Yeah, which makes so much sense, especially the geographic, you know, different segmentation to know that what happens in rural Colorado is a little bit different than perhaps what's happening, you know, in the Denver metro area. So I would think that would be especially valuable. Uh, definitely very much. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're highlighting this year in the report is that um, we're really seeing a big boom across um, rural areas in Colorado in terms of economic development, job growth, job creation. So it's kind of um, a very exciting moment to really look at each region one by one in the state. That's great. That's great. I, I can't wait to hear more about areas of optimism. That's always a fun way to um, look at a report as well. So Lee, back to you. Um, curious about what the report might identify as growing demand and opportunity. This would be interesting to I think especially, you know, folks who are um, changing careers, looking at some new opportunities, what are you seeing in terms of those key findings? So in the report, at the highest level, we dig into the demand side of our economy. We then look at the supply of our labor force. We talk about some of the strategies that we have in place to create that equilibrium. And then we look at policy recommendations as well. In that demand section to this question, Debbie, we look at job openings and what trends we're seeing in specific industries based on job openings. We also then survey those job openings to pull out the top skills that employers are looking for throughout the state of Colorado. And then we typically will divide those to understand what are the foundational skills and essential skills that employers are asking for, and contrast that with what are the technical skills, sometimes the certifications that are being sought by employers as well. One of the pieces we look at this year are what are those in-demand industries in the state of Colorado? And we look at a five-year forecast for employment growth. So that total number of jobs expected to grow and then look at that in a percentage basis of that specific industry. Healthcare and social assistance is one of those sectors that is huge. More than 370,000 current employees, close to 2% growth expected over five years to add another 35,000 jobs into our state of Colorado. Similarly, professional scientific and technical services employs more than 300,000 individuals in that sector. Again, we're expected to see close to 2% growth over the next five years there with roughly 26,000 jobs um, that will be developed and added into the economy over the next five years. And so that's kind of a snapshot of what you're going to see in this full report. We detail this by all the critical industries in the state of Colorado so we can see then what that growth is expected to look like. Well, and I think what what's interesting is one of the biggest questions I always get from employers, and I suspect you do too, is uh, where do we find the people? We need the growth. It's the demand. I don't know that your report covers that, but is but it's interesting to think like, how do we get more people into Colorado? Is that something that you also are thinking through in the talent pipeline report? So in the report, you're going to see a variety of topics covered. We touch on the Office of New Americans, the role that immigration can play in our state. We talk about the strategies to upskill the adult workforce. We think of the core working age of 24 to, to, to 65 as that core working age. And so we have to ensure that there are upskilling opportunities to bring populations that are not that active in the labor market into the labor force. One of the things we highlight is that we're finally seeing a more reentrance into the labor force from folks who exited at some point during the pandemic. And so that's a positive for the state of Colorado. Our labor force positive. participation rate is fifth in the country right now. We've seen the employment to population ratio return back to its pre-pandemic levels. So I think we've been in, we've been doing a good job of getting people to play in the game. Ultimately, we need yeah. to ensure that 
from the youngest levels, from our secondary education system to the post-secondary system and to the workforce, that we have the right types of connections so we don't create a gap that we've had in the past of people dropping off before they get to that core working age. And then also for our adults, we need to ensure we've got those right upskilling strategies to attract people. We've seen the spread of apprenticeships. We look at on-the-job training and experiential learning opportunities in the report as well as part of the solution to that. Yeah, I love that. And we've even talked, uh, and this is a little off script, of course, but I think about the power of AI and and some of the concern I'm hearing from our partners, but really seeing AI as such a powerful training tool that, you know, combined correctly will be a, a wonderful way for the next skilling up skilling, you know, helping to some degree raise those economic mobility rates, you know, for, for that next generation, which is really, really exciting. Caitlin, back to you. I know we've talked a little bit in the past about uh, a top job and some of the identifiers about a top job that, that'll be identified in the talent pipeline report. Give us, give us a little bit of insight on the criteria for that. So each year our team works together with the economists at the office of LMI that I mentioned earlier um, to help define the criteria that really surround Colorado's top, top jobs in the state. Um, there's three criteria. So these are jobs that are projected to experience above average growth rate over the next decade, um, have high annual openings, and are capable of earning a living wage in Colorado. Um, and this is based on household size and state-specific expenses. So if jobs are able to meet all three of these criteria, then they make the Colorado's top jobs list for that year. For this last part, we've heavily relied on the MIT Living Wage Calculator to really define what a living wage threshold looks like in Colorado year to year. And we also link out to the site in the report so you can break it down further by county and MSA, just in case any of your listeners are curious out there. They probably are. I think everybody feels like the cost of living is gone up, of course, inflation is up, cost of doing business is up. It probably changes that, you know, metric quite a bit, I would think. Because oh, it, yes, yes, it's, it's actually, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's pretty dramatic. Yes. <laughs> Caitlin, kind of a follow up. What are um what are your key findings in relation to the supply of talent in Colorado? Just following up on that question that I had sort of posed to Lee as well. Yeah, well, you know, um, Colorado is still experiencing a significant labor shortage across most industries this year. So, you know, many employers are still struggling to kind of find the talent that they need to fill those open positions. But as Lee had said, we do, we are seeing more individuals rejoining the labor market again. Um, and what I thought was kind of a very interesting finding was this is particularly true for women in Colorado, um, who, you know, were definitely hit the hardest by the pandemic, but now have unemployment rates that are lower than their pre-pandemic. Uh, pre-pandemic levels, um, as well as men's currently in the state. And we're also seeing, you know, the population in Colorado aging and slowing down. Um, birth rates are falling as well as death rates. So I think Colorado ranked fourth in having the fastest growing 65 plus age group in the U.S. this year. As we keep living longer, we can assume that we will also remain in the labor market longer. And, you know, this can kind of be a strategy for employers because they can use this growing population to really provide a competitive edge in their hiring um, you know, really by marketing these jobs out to this group and structuring work environments that, that are, you know, inclusive of the demographics, wants and needs in terms of a career. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when I look back at COVID, you mentioned um, women's workforce participation, for example. I feel like, uh, you know, if we can have any bright lining on a global pandemic, which of course we can't, but I think about how it really changed that workforce dynamic and in particular, working parents probably really saw a benefit because it, it sort of forced the hand of creating this flexibility where there wasn't one before. So it's interesting to see women rejoin the workforce, perhaps 
you know, but I think forever now we will have a little bit more flexibility in some of these work arrangements. I, I definitely agree. I think we saw that, you know, Coloradans are are able to be flexible. They're able to adapt quickly. And we have a workforce that really wants to be in the labor market. Right? We have a population that wants to be in the labor market. And I think a lot of Colorado employers, um, as much as they can, try to provide a flexibility with either hybrid or remote working, which has made it a lot easier for women to rejoin, you know, just given that they were the hardest in terms of childcare difficulties and, you know, previous wage gap disparities. Now women are able to kind of experience a more level playing field. Yeah, it's less about uh, seat time and more about metrics, perhaps, yes. which which is good. Like that, it helps it, uh, you know, as we're thinking about performance, let's have it have it be about that. I think that's a kind of a cool new, a new dynamic. Yes, um, quality of life focus. Absolutely, absolutely. We're a work hard, play hard in Colorado. So it is, <laughs> it is a bit of this interesting quality of life balance, I agree. Um, Lee, one of the things you talked about earlier, I'd love to jump back into is sort of that, that you know, thinking about the, the balance of supply and demand equation for talent. You know, I, I'm a big believer in the free market system and, you know, sometimes that all kind of sort of works its way. But to actually have a forecast uh, with the talent pipeline report, I would think would be really helpful because uh, students, again, can see where there might be um, an area of opportunity, employers in the same vein, can see where there might be a gap to fill. Tell us more about how you can address those imbalances. How is the report helpful for that? Sure. So the report was originally created to be a document for the state legislature. And one of the outcomes of it is that we've seen more than 60 pieces of legislation that have been enacted since 2014 to change dynamics of our talent development system to ensure that it is responsive that is agile to meet the needs and demands of the economy at this particular point in time. At the same time, educational entities can use this report to think about what skills they need to be training their students on and how they can think about employer partnerships to make sure that they're being connected to those in-demand industries and investing their time and energy in growing sectors of Colorado's economy. I've heard from educational entities, a PhD PhD student who chose to move to Colorado because he read the talent pipeline report, wanted to be in a state that was engaging in data in this level. And I've seen how it then guides the curriculum of that educational institution on an ongoing basis. One of the pieces that kind of builds off the discussion that Caitlin just brought up is that we look at the in-demand industries and those critical occupations within those industries each and every year, Debbie, and then we have a team that works to build out career pathways from those in-demand industries. And within a career pathway system, you have employers working together with education partners, with training entities, also with support partners who can provide wraparound services and those pieces that some folks need to ensure they can engage and persist through a training opportunity and move into employment. And we map that out in a way that someone who is in middle school or high school trying to think about, you know, what career do I want to do? What do the job opportunities look like in Colorado? They can start to see what those job titles are, what the salary levels are, the number of openings and the skills, credentials and degrees that they may need to move into that occupation. And so we package that as part of our ongoing strategies in publicly accessible formats and then work to engage with job seekers through a variety of publicly supported programs to share that information and raise awareness. We have a great network of sector partnerships throughout the state and the idea of how employers can get engaged and become co-producers of talent is one of the strategies that is touched on in the report. And through those sector partnerships, we see employers coming together on a regionalized basis to identify their biggest challenges and create the solutions coming from those employers. It's not government saying, hey, here's the solution. Here's how government can solve your problem. It's businesses saying, we believe this is the best solution for our issues. 
Maybe we'll ask government to help us, but we're going to define that problem. We will set the parameters of the solution, and then we'll work together to see how that can come to fruition. So that has helped to close awareness gaps about opportunities to get people excited about specific jobs and sectors, get them connected to training, open up the doors of educational marketplaces so more people can pursue often in earn and learn opportunities so they don't have to sacrifice income while being trained for new jobs to ultimately get connected to the growing industries throughout Colorado. I love that. I was thinking about the report. You said students would look at it. I suspect their parents look at it. Guidance counselors look at it. You know, there's a lot of community who want to make sure our, the generation of learners right now, the younger generation are actually preparing for jobs, for actual jobs and careers that they can, um, you know, choose between. When you, when you told me it was really created as kind of a policy document for the legislature, it, it uh, strikes me, Lee, are there any long-term policies in Colorado that you're looking ahead? Uh, you know, how will it be used in the next couple of years in terms of p- potential new policy development? In this year's report, we have four different policy recommendations that in some cases we may see immediate movement in the 2024 legislative session. In many cases, we will talk about policy ideas and opportunities that may take a little bit longer to come to fruition. Colorado loves to innovate. And some of the things we've seen in the past is that an idea started as a pilot based off of some of the data and ideas in the talent pipeline report, and then ultimately grew and expanded. The career development incentive program is one of those models where it was piloted with a small amount of money to see what high school could do to help equip students with industry recognized credentials before they graduated high school. And now we've seen continued expansion and adoption by that with school districts and businesses um, throughout our state. I think at a high level, these recommendations this year are talking about strengthening the support for employers to engage in talent development. And the Opportunity Now grant program is one example of that, how we can think about expanding and continuing that in many ways. And so that employers can continue to engage regionally. I think that will yield results for many years to come. We also want to ensure that we're increasing the availability of career-connected learning opportunities. Ultimately, in our state, we do not want to allow a system to exist where we think of as as what's called train and pray. We train someone and pray a job (laughs) exists at the end of that cycle. We also don't want to train people into poverty and equip people only for jobs that have a low salary level and may need to still rely on public assistance in some way to meet the cost of living in our state. And so the policy recommendations talk about how we enhance our post-secondary and workforce readiness programs. And it'll take some time to adjust that to ensure that all high school students throughout our state have access to programs equitably, and then ultimately to see those folks enter into our um, workforce and move forward. So I'm excited about what these recommendations can do. We also want to strengthen critical industries in our state. When we think about the immediate opportunities we have with big federal investments in the infrastructure area of Colorado, through the Inflation Reduction Act, there's an opportunity for a lot of investments um, in all corners and counties of our state. We want to ensure that we're supporting and strengthening the rural workforce. We have the people to respond to those types of investments. We're supporting manufacturing in various ways as well. And the growth of our aerospace sector and Colorado's recent designation as a tech hub for quantum, one of 31 areas throughout the country designated as a tech hub by the Economic Development Administration. These are exciting times to be in Colorado. And I think when you look through the policy recommendations, you'll see how we're working to set the conditions that will allow this growth, allow for continued growth in these industries and get connected for people um, to them in our state. Yeah, I love all that. It, I think you're right. We we had the conversation before we started about what, like, there's so much to be optimistic about, uh, you know, finding people who are sitting on the sidelines, helping them get connected to some choices that offer them a chance to have prosperity and opportunity is so exciting. And then attracting new people to our state uh, full of talent. 
Caitlin, how do people find out more? How can they get uh, signed up to be one of the first to hear about the Talent Pipeline Report or how do they access it? Um, well, you can access all Talent Pipeline Reports and previous recordings, um, as well as appendices and uh, sign up for the launch event on December 15th um, at, uh, through the CWDC website. And that is cwdc.colorado.gov. Awesome. So I don't think you guys were prepared for this, but do you know that we have a, a sort of a rapid fire question at the end now of our podcast? <laughs> I think Lee's looking a little panicked. No, I'm ready. <laughs> if you're up for it, I think we've talked enough about the talent pipeline report. We're going to put the way to get in more information in kind of the, the description, but we're, I have a rapid fire question for both of you to kind of wrap us up. And then uh, it's kind of fun at the end of every podcast now you know, normally there's two or three, but I'll give you both one and see how you do. All right. Okay. So, um, Lee, the question for you first is what is your favorite binge? It could be a Netflix show, a podcast, you know, a book series, something like that. What would you, what, what is your favorite binge to relax? The TV show Castle, which I've seen almost every season and rerun, and I still get drawn in and stuck there all the time. <laughs> Nice. I haven't seen every episode, but I do. I do get the connection to that. That's awesome. And then Caitlin, for you, what is your favorite happy hour location? Oh, gosh, there's so many in Denver. Um, but I would have to say a weirdly Denver Biscuit Co. And, and they're expanding so much. They just opened a new one in Golden. And they have happy hour? They have happy hour and very great cocktails. I wouldn't have thought. I would have thought just a breakfast place, but that's good <laughs> well, they to turn know. into fat sellies at night. So pizza. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Well, you guys are fun. It's fun to like, I need to at some point just compile all the different happy hour places and start like a little bus tour, perhaps as like a follow up. But um, thank you both for joining. Uh, Lee, I, I really appreciate the partnership between Colorado Business Roundtable and your organization, Colorado Workforce Development Council. I think we fit uh, really wonderful together in terms of collaboration with the private sector and with um, an agency that's doing so much to further workforce here for the state. So appreciate you, Lee, and, and uh, Dr. Caitlin McKinney. Wonderful to get to know you today. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Thank you, Debbie. This has been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. This has been a production of Colorado Business Roundtable. This is A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown is a production of the Colorado Business Roundtable. You can find this episode, a listing of our upcoming events, and more information about our organization at cobrt.com.